0: So um, many of you know that, that I am a, uh, a fourth generation minister uh, in the Christian church. And so um, my dad never put any pressure on me to go into the ministry. He told me years ago, if you want to do something else, I'll be perfectly, you know, uh, happy and proud of you. Um, but what I'd like to do today is, is have a little conversation with my dad on Father's Day. And, and specifically, I want to start by talking about, um, about this scripture. Um, my dad had a big impact on my decision to come into the ministry. I always looked up to him and, and wanted to be like him. When I was young, I would sit in the uh, pulpit in Memphis. You could never see me because I was behind the wall, but I would watch him. And when he'd do baptisms, I'd go and watch him. And so um, so uh, I can say that about my dad. He would say the th- same thing about my grandfather, who pastored a church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where my, uh, my uncle is now the, the minister. And then his dad, my great-grandfather, was, um, was in Atlanta. But the first question that I want to uh, throw out there, um, first of all, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Th- you. Thank you. Why We've talked about how Paul wrote this epistle from prison, um, and he wrote a number of his letters from prison. But why do you think that Paul was able to remain so positive, oh. um, in the midst of his circumstances. He was in prison, didn't know if he was gonna be executed, put to death, but he, he, he penned these amazing words that have inspired countless generations of Christians. Um,
1: how was he able to do it? Why was he able to do it? Well, first of all, let me say I, I, I've always loved Philippians too. I guess we inherited it. But uh, I call that the, the original book of positive thinking because if you read through the whole letter, you'll see the answer to your question in what he says in the letter but you see the example of it starting at the very beginning paul didn't focus on the negative he didn't sit there writing to his friends of philippi saying Well, oh, i wish i were with you i'm here in this dark damp dungeon prison cell and i don't know what they're going to do to me but i sure wish i were with you he doesn't he doesn't think that way in the very opening lines what does he say he says i rejoice every time i think of you and the joy that it brings to my heart he focuses on the what's positive and what he's thankful for in life rather than than what his problems are and then he goes on throughout the letter to to emphasize that very theme i would also say and this is one that is to me so very challenging to me and to all who claim to be christians today to ever get there but if you can develop a truly deep spiritual life, a real, true, deep relationship with the Lord, not just in trite words or phrases, but in actual reality through what it takes to develop it, you will find joy in your heart no matter what's going on. You will feel joy and that will make you a positive person no matter what's going on. I I don't think you can know Jesus Christ and, and not be a positive person.
0: So that makes me think one of the things that I learned from you growing up was you're always, and you and I both love John Maxwell, um, and he's really, really big on attitude, and, and and obviously Paul, the Apostle Paul, is really big on attitude, and, and so you always said that you know you get to choose your attitude in life, and the problem when you're a preacher, if you talk about attitude, that as soon as you get a bad attitude, your kids call you out. It's like, hey, what about that attitude uh, that attitude sermon from last Sunday? Um, I remember one time my dad preached a sermon called "Don't Get Mad," and then a few days later he got mad, and we were like, "Hey, remember that you said Sunday, don't get mad." You know, he was, I think he was mad at us. Um, don't but, forget,
1: I hear your sermons too. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But
0: but but the the reality is is that attitude does make all the difference in life. Um, why? And 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 do in the my, you know the second part of my question is there's a lot of people in our world that are negative and cynical. And they can tell you everything that's wrong with everything. I mean, they can complain. They can point out the flaws. They can, you know, they're just like Debbie Downer all the time. So what is it that makes some people positive? And and, and what is it that makes some people negative and cynical?
1: Going back to what you said at the beginning, attitude is a choice. It's not forced upon you. Nobody makes you a negative or a positive person. You are what you choose to be. And my favorite line from john maxwell is that your attitude determines your altitude your attitude determines how far and how high you're going to fly in life and and i think that's so very true but to answer the rest of your question i think some of the reasons people don't have a positive attitude uh, number one particularly in our world today is too much selfishness too much focus on me and what i want and what my life's all about rather than focusing on others and that's why Christianity teaches us to even think of others as better than yourself. Or Jesus said, forget about yourself, deny yourself, take up your cross, which means live for the sake of others. So I think that's a, one of the base cores of why people have such a negative attitude is that they think it's all about me. What do you think challenges a positive attitude the most? I
0: don't know. I wrestle I wrestle with whether it's... Um you know whether it's 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 uh, genetic, <laughs> or whether it's um or whether it's conditioned, and ultimately I think that it's both. I think some people are are predisposed to uh, having a more hopeful outlook and, and and more joy in their lives, and then I think other people will start to revel in their misfortune and revel in their ministry and the, their misery. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Freudian slip, Donovan. Um, revel in their misery and and I think that sometimes you know you start to you start to kind of play the victim it's like poor me woe is me you know I can't believe and so you what you see is there's people out there that are positive and they radiate energy and you want to be around them because they're enjoyable and they and they rub off on you and there's people that you're like man when I'm around that person it just sucks the life out of me and and I don't think anybody wants to be that person but I think a lot of times when people become that Uh, become that person, it's just they're not even aware of it. And and so I I, I agree. To answer your question, and Paul gets into this in chapter 4 when he talks about contentment, I think that gratitude is gratitude and contentment is one of the keys to, to, to not being cynical and negative. If you can give thanks in life for the things that you have, the blessings that you have, not just in November, but all year long, if you can get up every day and name five blessings then that's energy and emotion you can't put towards negative right. thinking.
1: And he says later on too that if there's anything good, anything true, anything wonderful, anything beautiful, anything positive, focus on these things.
0: Well, and I think back to, you know, the preachers <clears throat> over the years, there's been, in every generation, there's been distinct ministers that have, have kind of mastered this, uh, this power of positive thinking. So you think about Norman Vincent Peale in New York, Marble Collegiate. Then you think about Robert Schuler out of Crystal Cathedral. And now, who's the modern day version of this? He's in Houston, Texas. Joel Osteen. Some people say he's all about the prosperity gospel. That might be partially true, but guess what? He's very hopeful and he's very positive. And in our world where life is hard and difficult, people want to be encouraged. They, they, they want to know that you know, tomorrow can be better, that the future is bright. And, um, and I think that's part of, uh, of, of Joel Osteen's
1: success uh, in, in ministry, and, and if you want to call it that. Take it back further. You had Osteen, Robert Schuller, Norman Vincent Peale. And you had Paul, the original book, of yeah. Positive Thinking. And where did he get his ideas? Jesus. That's so right. it all goes back to the one who's most important.
0: I want, to talk about fam- I want to talk about family life, because I think all of this ties into family life. And, um, you know, the Stauffer family is far from perfect. We've been through, we've had our share of of misfortune. Um, We've also had our our share of joys uh, over the years, and we try to be uh, thankful for that. But what do you think it is, you know, based on a a long career of counseling and ministry, um, what do you think it is that leads to problems in marriage, in marriages and in family
1: life? Well, selfishness, again, is the, bottom answer to so many things uh you know that's when people get married they're they're supposed to love one another and if you love one another in the truly christian agape sense of the word it means you put the other person first and so when people are dating and getting to know each other whatever you want to call it they where do you want to go to dinner where do you want to go to the movie what do you want to do tonight then they get married what do they do change all the rules and it's all about me and what i want to do not about you, then they wonder, where did the problems come from? So I think selfishness is, is the bottom line. But I think a huge, huge problem that I hope all you parents of all these little children will really take seriously, I think the biggest source of problems today is iPhones. And I think iPhones are wonderful in some ways for communication sense, but you know and I know that everywhere you go, people are sitting there on their phones they're not communicating the people person to person they lose how to have personal relationships and you know you, you it's saddest thing to me is you go into a, a restaurant and i saw one time a father and a son obviously uh the father had the son during his time with him took him to dinner and they both sat there with their phones and didn't talk to each other the whole night long and i think iphones and if you read about them uh you might read for one thing why uh, the founder of Apple and why the Silicon Valley people, You asked them, would you let your kids have iPhones? And they go, mm, no, I wouldn't. Because we know that those things are created to addict people. And I think if I would say one thing to parents today, take this one seriously and be really, really careful about uh, your kids and then what kind of phones they have and what they can do with them.
0: Right, I got a couple more questions that I, that I want to ask on this Father's Day, because I think that, uh, you know, these, are, these tie in together as well. So the question is, what is different about being a grandparent from being a parent, now that you have nine grandchildren? How many grandchildren do you have now? I got eight, one on the hopper. Uh, okay, yeah, eight, nine, that's right, okay, all right. <laughs> um, so what, what's different about being a grandparent, other than you don't enforce the rules that we uh, put in place? Um, but the other thing is, what do you wish? You know, you, what do you wish that you knew back when you were 38, 39 years old about life, about faith, about spirituality that you feel like you know
1: now? Well, your first question about being a grandparent. Ever since I was a college age and would go visit my sister who had two little boys, and I loved to play with her boys. She said, "Yeah, you like them till you're tired of them, and then you put them on the shelf." And that's what's great about being a grandparent. (Laughter) Grand to see him come, grand to see him go. It's where that comes from, I guess. Well he he, well, he he
0: comes over and gets them all riled up, and then he gets in his car and leaves. That's what he does. So we have to try to put him to bed.
1: Uh, to answer your other question, what did I not know thir- at age 38 at a Day? Uh Number one, that I'd be working for my son. <laughs> number two, that I'd be married to a saint, and I really am. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and, and number three, I never thought I'd have so many grandchildren, yet we've still got two uh, sons that uh, Ann's got one. i got one that's not even married yet, so they hadn't even gotten into the grandparent game. So, uh, but on a serious level, the, the most important thing that I've learned through the years of living, and it's kind of like when you read the Old Testament, it's the same thing as looking back over your life, and the older you get, the more you can look back over and realize that God is real, God is there, God does get you through those hard times in life when you didn't think you could make it, even if you just got a mustard seed greater faith in God. But that God will see you through. And because of that, I believe more today than ever before that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Uh, so very true. Well,
0: my, uh, we have to wind down. Uh, my challenge to you guys is this one passage of scripture, Philippians 4 4 through 13. Spend some time this week. Just reflecting on it, and, and trying to trying to apply it, um, I really don't know if there's another set of verses in the Bible. I mean, Jesus taught lots of good things, but that you can apply to your daily life, to your family life, to your marriage, to your work, um, and it can have a, a profound um, a profound impact um, because it's it's just a powerful passage of scripture. Um, let me close this with a with a word of prayer. Loving God, i um, grateful for all fathers, grandfathers. Uh, we remember those fathers who were, uh, who were not here, especially those who maybe this Father's Day, they're spending their first Father's Day without their dad. Um, we lift them up, maybe for those who've never known their father. Um, we lift them up, and, and God, we're thankful that we have a Heavenly Father that cares for us, that nurtures us, that looks over us, and, um, and who challenges and inspires us. So may we take these words of Paul, apply it to our lives, uh, apply it to every every situation uh, that we can in Christ's name, Amen.